We may be seeing the end of the Capitol Hill autonomous zone experiment. This morning, two people were shot. One person has died. The other person has life threatening injuries and is in critical condition. According to one witness, one of these shootings, one of these attacks may have been premeditated. They said a person pulled up in an SUV with a rifle and shot one of the individuals. It may have been the person who actually died. Now, this seems kind of obvious. If you don't have police, there's no deterrent. It's almost like the purge. There's nothing stopping someone from knowing they can just show up and kill a person if they want to. This is their opportunity to do so. When we look back at historical riots, when police have called in sick, called the blue flu, there have been historical instances where individuals took the opportunity to take out rivals. Now, we don't know exactly what's going on. A lot of this information is preliminary. But according to the Seattle police, when the officers arrived to try and treat the victims, they were blocked by what they say is a violent crowd preventing them from reaching those who had been shot. Some have argued that the only reason this man died was because the protesters refused to work with the police. According to various reports, the individuals within the autonomous zone or organized protest, whatever you want to call it, have a strict non-cooperation pact that they will not talk with the police or, or work with them in any way. And now we can see how this little experiment is playing out across the country in various areas where police have either been disbanded, certain divisions of the police department have been shuttered. Crime is on the rise. Shootings in Minneapolis. We've got in New York shootings skyrocketing. Police across the country are resigning in mass, calling in sick or completely demoralized. We can see what the result is when the police are just basically abolished, disbanded or booted from certain areas. It's unsurprising then that people lose their lives. Listen, cops obviously can't stop every single crime. And one of the points they like to make at the Chaz and other activists involved is that the police don't stop crimes in progress, but they are a deterrent effect. Police do stop some crimes while they're happening. They investigate the crimes and try and stop the people from doing it again. But they do act as a deterrent. You know that the police may be patrolling. They may be a few minutes away if you're in a big city, and thus they're there to prevent things like this from happening. And they can safely get these victims to the hospital. This is why we need emergency services. So with all of the complaints about police, we can now see what's happening. Now in the Chaz, in the Seattle area, local residents are starting to get fed up with this. And I think considering what we just saw, this could be the end of Chaz. I don't know how many people who are the hippy dippy peaceful protesters who are chilling there are going to want to hang out when targeted hits are occurring in this zone and the police can't do anything about it. But it's also happening across the country. So let's take a look at what's going on with these police. We've got massive demoralization in Atlanta, in Washington, D.C., in New York. But let's get started with exactly what the police have said and the preliminary reports coming out of the Chaz as to what's going on with these shootings. Before we get started, Head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. There is a P.O. box where you can send things. But the best thing you can do is just share this video. I'm competing with a lot of mainstream media organizations that have institutional power, massive marketing budgets, and YouTube props them up in the algorithm. If you think I do a good job, then sharing this video helps me compete with them. If you just want to watch, then click the subscribe button, the like button, the notification bell. And let's get started with reading the statement from Seattle.gov. They say, homicide investigation inside protest area. Homicide homicide detectives are investigating following a fatal shooting that occurred early Saturday morning at 10th Avenue and East Pine Street. One man was declared deceased at the hospital and another male is being treated for life-threatening injuries. 
On June 20th, at approximately 2.30 a.m., East Precinct officers responded to a report of shots fired in Cal Anderson Park. This is inside the area referred to as the Capitol Hill organized protest. Officers attempted to locate a shooting victim, but were met by a violent crowd that prevented officers' safe access to the victims. Officers were later informed that the victims, both males, had been transported to Harborview Medical Center by CHOP Medics. Officers responded to Harborview and were informed that one of the victims, a 19-year-old male, had died from injuries. The other victim, also a male unknown age, remains in the hospital with life-threatening injuries. The suspect or suspects fled and are still at large. There is no description at this time. Homicide detectives responded and are conducting a thorough investigation despite the challenges presented by the circumstances. They then go on to say that you can contact them if you have any information. But we also have some more information coming from the New York Post. They say one person was killed and another injured when a shooting erupted in Seattle's autonomous zone early Saturday. And police are now inside the no cop zone investigating, according to reports. Seattle police remained Saturday afternoon in the so-called Capitol Hill autonomous zone, gathering spent shell casings and assembled in riot gear at the border. There were conflicting reports on whether police and fire department were allowed into the zone, with some reports saying that police encountered hostile crowds after a large group assembled on the edge of the protest zone to secure the victim. But both victims had been driven by private vehicles to a local hospital, according to a blog post. Videos recorded inside Chaz showed volunteers scrambling to help victims. Police confirmed the shooting in a Twitter post Saturday, but offered no additional details. Two gunshot victims were treated at Harborview Medical Center, spokeswoman Susan Gregg told the Seattle Times. One died, she said, and the other was in critical condition in the intensive care unit. A security employee working in the area reported seeing the shooter arrive in a black SUV with a 911 caller uh, and a 911 caller told police a man left the vehicle toting a rifle in the early morning hours at the end of Juneteenth celebrations, according to a local blog post. Seattle police had abandoned the six block area following threats to torch the East Precinct on June 8th, following the death of George Floyd in the custody of Minneapolis police. So I'll stress the point again. If witnesses are saying somebody exited a vehicle with a rifle targeting one of these individuals, it sounds like it was premeditated. It was planned. Dare I say it was an opportunistic hit. That's what it sounds like. Now, now listen, the information may change. This is all very preliminary uh, information. This will probably change in the next few days once we figure out what happened. But it sounds like someone knew that a person they didn't like was in the zone and there were no police. The activists here, they call it the no cop co-op. Well, now police are inside because they need to investigate this murder. And you see how quickly this fake LARPing ideology dissolves. They say, don't cooperate with the police. This is a no cop co-op, an autonomous zone or an organized protest. But once someone gets shot, they let the police walk right in. Why? Because the game is over. These people are playing. They don't understand how serious what they're doing is, but they're playing for keeps. And now someone lost their life and maybe they'll now realize the importance of police for all of the faults of the police department. And there are many. You need them because while <laughs> they can't necessarily stop every crime in progress, there was a police precinct right there. There could have been police inside. When this person got shot, they could have been there in seconds, perhaps saved this person's life. Now, if you believe the police that a violent crowd blocked them, it's very likely these people, this, this individual may have survived if the police were allowed to get to them in time. It may have been 
that by the time the police arrived, they'd already been transported. But, but either way, let emergency services save lives. It's what they do. Now we're hearing a response from the Seattle Police Union calling for leadership after the fatal shooting. Fox News reports the head of Seattle's police union lamented the lack of leadership in the city Saturday after reports emerged that an early morning shooting in the so-called chop left one person dead. According to the Seattle Times, police homicide and assault detectives are investigating the shooting. Quote, on June 20th at approximately 2.30 a.m., East Precinct officers responded to a report of shots fired in Cal Anderson Park. This is inside the area referred to as the chop. So we, 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 know, we know all this. I read this. They say, in an interview on Fox and Friends Weekend with hosts Pete Hegseth Saturday, Seattle Police Officers Guild President Michael Solon remarked that it is no longer the summer of love, like Democratic Mayor Jenny Durkin claimed, but the summer of chaos. Early this morning, that violence was raw and real, where one of our community members lost their life and police are still not allowed into that area and were prevented to providing that police service to the area to locate, uh, locate victors, victims and or render aid. It's very troubling what's going on, Solon said. Yes, the mayor called it a summer of love, called it a block party, told Trump to mind his own business. And here we are. It's not the first time I'm going to say something like this, but of course I have to. Donald Trump told them to get a handle on things, and they told him basically to shove off. They said, mind your own business. Go hide in your bunker. The mayor said it was more like a festival and a block party, not realizing whether it's a block party or not, what this really means. So let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just say it one more time. The people here, as I've mentioned, for the most part, hippy-dippy love fest, dancing around with their silly fake farms, and yes, their weird ideologies. There have been far leftists who are armed. What did that do? Did any of these John Brown gun club members stop this shooting? See the man come out? No, they did nothing. Nothing. And maybe it's a good thing. Maybe they should not have returned fire, but what, 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 what good are they? You created a zone where you informed everyone, everyone in the world, that there were no police here, guaranteed. So what happened? So far, it sounds like someone took the opportunity to end the life of someone they didn't like because they knew no one would stop them. And that's exactly what's happened. According to the police, the shooter or shooters are at large. Congratulations, Chaz. Now, local residents have been expressing their frustration for quite some time. This story from King Five, frustrated residents near Seattle's CHOP want their neighborhood back. Some residents near the Capitol Hill organized protest want their lives back amid ongoing occupation in the neighborhood. I think you get the gist of this story. It's about time. We know. They're complaining. Some of these people have already expressed their, their frustration, saying we didn't choose to live here. One woman said that, uh, she didn't, that the noise is unbearable. She posted on the local forum saying, please let us sleep. We live here. We didn't choose to live here. You surrounded us and we've been respectful, but you bang drums and make noise all through the night. And yes, that's exactly what it was like during Occupy Wall Street. When I was down there, people would bang on buckets 24-7. And then eventually, local residents complained, saying we can't sleep with all the banging and asked them to stop. There was eventually like a local pact between organizers, but some people said, F you. There's, there, there's no law here. There's no leaders here. We can do what we want. So the troublemakers remained. Now you've got locals who are just asking for it to stop. I can't imagine these people are feeling comfortable right now knowing that they live in a place where they're surrounded by activists. There are no police. There's noise. It's endless. And someone just died. 
Congratulations, your hipster, high end, foofy, you know, hippie zone has become a crime infested, lawless area of the city. This is Capitol Hill. For those that aren't familiar, this is like central Seattle, hipster, fine dining, cheese and wine. And now it's crime infested and lawless, to say the least. We're seeing crime spike amid these calls to get rid of the police. Now, perhaps the best example of what happens when you get rid of police is the Chaz. Somebody's dead. But it's not just the Chaz. We're seeing it in Minneapolis. We're seeing it in New York. Let me show you what's going on in New York City. Shootings surge in NYC amid disbanding of NYPD's plainclothes anti-crime unit. Shocking, huh? Not really. Shootings are surging this week in New York City with 28 incidents and 38 victims reported since Monday. By comparison, the same week last year, there were only 12 shootings for the entire week. So that discounts the idea that the increase is relative to the lockdown. Some people have tried to say when the lockdown happened, crime decreased rapidly. And that's true. And then as soon as they reopened, crime spiked, trying to make it seem like the spike is actually just relative to the decrease in crime is actually normal. No, I'm sorry. From the same time last year, in the most recent reported shooting at 4 p.m. Friday in East New York, Brooklyn, a 27-year-old man died of multiple gunshot wounds to his torso, face, and leg in front of 640 Stanley Avenue. A 17-year-old boy who was also shot there was in stable condition. This is what the politicians wanted. No bail. Nobody in Rikers. Cops not arresting anyone. One angry law enforcement source said Friday, all those things equal people walking around on the street with guns, shooting each other. That's right. It was the leadership in New York City who released the the, the prisoners and the inmates from jails over COVID fears. They then started rearresting people who actually were just released. It's the people who called for bail reform. Now, to be fair, I, I still think there's something important in the bail reform idea, but we can see it certainly isn't working. And so you got to accept that criminals are being released and they're reoffending. And now they got rid of a 600 uh, uh, person NYPD plainclothes unit that uh, I believe the New York Post has said was responsible for stop and frisk. Now, I'm very critical of stop and frisk, but the police claim that it works. There are a lot of problems with stop and frisk, but now we're seeing shootings on the rise. So you know what? You have to you're going to have to work it out, New York. You want to get rid of these police? You're more than welcome to do so. But don't be surprised then when crime is on the rise and people end up losing their lives. It's not just New York City, though. For it's, it's obvious, right? Come on. Multiple shootings reported across Minneapolis overnight. At least eight people shot June 17th. This is just after they voted to, dis- to, to disband their police. Now, the police force isn't gone, but criminals are becoming more and more brazen. You know why? They know that the cops can't do anything anymore. It's not just about getting rid of the police. It's about muzzling the police. Look what happened in Atlanta. You had the shootings of Rayshard Brooks, a tragedy. And the cop who, who shot him, clearly in self-defense, in the line of duty, was just charged with felony murder. Now cops are calling in sick for the third day in a row. From 11 Alive, Atlanta police sick out continues for third day. The alleged blue flu began after the announcement by DA Paul Howard that he would file charges against the two officers in the Rayshard Brooks shooting. A lot of people who follow this on the left, well, I should say a lot of people who, who are uh, promoting the, the, the indictment don't actually know the story. They don't know that this man, Rayshard Brooks, stole the taser and fired it at one of the officers and they fired in self-defense. Certainly a tragedy, but they don't know. 
They think it's just an evil cop who kicked him when he was down. That's what the DA said. While these cops keep calling in sick, the demoralization is spreading across the country. And whether or not cops don't show up for work, I'm sure many aren't going to respond to calls. Why? They'll get in trouble. So now I think we're going to see brazen criminals taking opportunity, taking the opportunity, knowing that police are scared to actually enforce the law. That's what's happening. Nearly 75% of disgruntled DC cops want to quit amid national protests, while NYCD murders have increased by 70% since unrest began and shootings in the Big Apple have more than doubled. Murders in New York City are up 70%. Look, I understand the the complaints people have with police in big cities. And you got to understand that police in big cities are very different from police in small towns. Small town cops, they're fine. And and I think it's 81% in a recent poll said they were happy with their police departments. Now, I understand when it comes to New York City, it's it's, it's different. You have a very large department. It's it's almost, uh, it's massive. Almost an entirely, entirely corporate type structure of how big the NYPD really is. And people have complaints. But with, with, almost, with the 300 plus million interactions, according to the NYPD union, and almost all of them positive, you have to wonder what the real goal of disbanding, abolishing, or targeting the police really is. Maybe they want the chaos. While all of this has been going down, the insane far left has been going around destroying statues of our founding fathers and erasing history. Toppling, toppling Francis Scott Key, Ulysses S. Grant, and the cops won't do anything. They stand back and watch as it happens because they're demoralized. So who's guarding our infrastructure? Who's guarding our, our, our public uh, structures? Probably no one. And that's why we're seeing them all come down with relative ease. Now in D.C., they say most of these cops are, are, are demoralized. A new survey reveals almost three quarters of Washington, D.C. cops are ready to quit the force while violent crime is surging in New York City. Protesters across the country are calling for departments to be abolished or defunded following the death of George Floyd. They say Washington, D.C. Council passed an emergency police reform bill last week, which expands the training requirements for officers and orders the public naming of cops involved in shootings. The bill also adds legal protections for people who are searched by police among a whole host of other changes. Many D.C. police officers have been left disillusioned by the bill's passing and feel as if they've been thrown under the bus by lawmakers. A D.C. police union survey of 600 cops shows that a staggering 71 percent of them are now considering leaving the force. Wow. I mean, that is massive. Thirty nine percent of those surveyed say they are considering leaving law enforcement altogether. The poll also reveals, re- reveals widespread anger at lawmakers, with 98.7% of those polled saying they feel completely abandoned by the D.C. Council. Similarly, 96% of the surveyed officials, officers, I'm sorry, believe crime rates will rise in D.C. due to the reforms. They will. We've seen it. I'm sorry. They will. Okay. They will. They will rise. It's already rising in New York. You just saw what happened in Chaz. If these occupiers took their little Occupy protest, but let the police do their job, somebody would probably not have died. And this other person is in the hospital right now, and they may die as well. So I have to wonder what the true goal is. These people have spent so much of their time being addicted to social media, watching stupid rage bait police brutality videos. They forget that these are fringe moments. They are few and far between. And yes, they're tragedies. Yes, it is horrifying when someone loses their life at the hands of an officer who made serious mistakes or intentionally killed somebody. 
And that's why they must be held to account. And sometimes they aren't. And that calls for reform. They don't show you. If they showed you every single video of every single police interaction, you'd probably roll your eyes at half of them. A cop pulling you over, saying your headlights out, that's an infraction. Okay, fine, I get it. Most of them are probably warnings. Hey, buddy, I pulled you over because your light's out. Do me a favor. Just get it fixed. Sound good? All right, here's your warning. It's logged. If you get pulled over again, you'll get a ticket. But, you know, stay safe. How many times have people had interactions with police that were fine? I've had several interactions in the past several years that were fine. I'm not going to pretend like I'm happy getting pulled over. Okay, and then sometimes you get a warning. But what happens on social media is you get inundated with videos of cops being awful. And you know what, man? Some of them are okay. I got, I'll, straight up, I'll, I'll say it. There are some instances where activists have highlighted police brutality. But listen, you've got to make sure you are not just being radicalized by the endless stream of rage bait content meant to generate traffic. Okay? The same is true for the content I produce. That's why I always say watch other creators. Don't just come to one person for the news. I understand there's a challenge in this because I know other people don't say the same thing. CNN will tell you, just watch us, just watch us. And they won't tell you everything that's really going on. Listen, in the Chaz, okay, the chop, they call it. It's mostly a farmer's market. They're giving out ice cream. They're doing their hippie dances and they're spinning around and they're smiling and dancing because that's how life is for the most part. There are bad interactions with police, but they aren't the majority. They are the, they they are a small fraction And when you tell people it's just the bad apples and they try and claim something like, oh, just the bad apples, but all these cops are, you know, demoralized or whatever. Yes, it is the bad apples. It is. okay. we want to get rid of those bad apples. You know what I was told by a cop recently? Nobody hates a bad cop more than a good cop because it makes their job more dangerous. They're right. These activists like to highlight when you point this out that there are moments where police get the backs of cops who've done things wrong. Yeah, they're bad cops, dude. I have seen bad cops. I have seen a lot of them. But listen, when you, when you encounter a bad cop and their buddies who help lie and help them get away with bad things, it's because you've encountered a bad cop. I'll tell you what, I've been pulled over many, many times in my life. And some of them I think are BS. And you want to argue with a cop who thinks he's right. You think you're right. I get it, man. It's a system we have. It's not perfect. But I'll tell you what, you know, what we don't want a police state. We don't want jackboot cops patrolling our neighborhoods 24 seven. It's bad enough. They come out for the riots and the protests. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. We don't want it. You know what else? We don't want a lawless state. What we do want are police officers who can respond and do their job to the best of their abilities. As much as sometimes we get tickets and we don't like it. Sometimes you get arrested and it's wrong. It happens and you fight it. But what, what, where we are at in terms of our law enforcement, at least we used to be, was actually kind of okay. Do we need reform? In my opinion, yes, we do. But, but we, we have a good balance. I think we want to see a de- demilitarization of the police. We want to reserve the high-powered weaponry, the armored personnel carries and stuff for extreme moments, probably not even protests, to be honest. And we want cops to be able to, to safely do their job. Right now, there are people calling for social workers to go out and handle some of these, you know, uh, mental illness cases or homelessness and stuff. And it's like, I I hear you. And I like the idea of some kind of civil guard. They have more powers and more protection. But I don't think it's going to change all that much. You don't, these people don't realize that a lot of these calls are handled properly. Listen, 
For every story you've heard about, about a, a, a call gone wrong, there's probably 10,000 that were fine. You know, you know what the issue is? On social media, when the cop shows up, shakes your hand and says, is everything okay? Just let me know if you need anything. I'm here for you. They're not going to put that on Facebook. No, they're going to put the video on Facebook where the bad cop does the bad thing or where the scared cop does the stupid thing. But these, when you look at the stats, are just incredibly rare. I, I, I know a lot of people don't like the idea of defending the police. They say, a cab, all cops are bad. I'll use the family friendly version. It's just not true in the least. Not true. Cops got a tough job. Most interactions are fine. The overall majority. I think we need to, as a society, figure out how to make sure that people have confidence in their police. Legit police reform, you know, something that can help cops um, uh, have, have the trust of their communities. It's mostly in the big cities, to be honest. But that's why I think some kind of civil guard really does make sense. And uh, what the civil guard really refers to is specifically the South American countries where the first responders have batons. They don't come with guns or tasers. And if they can't handle the situation, they immediately call for call for the legit police to come in who are more armed. But this means you have a less a lower chance of over uh, outright conflict. And if a civil guard arrives for a call and they realize they're ill-equipped, then they can escalate things. Maybe it's not even about a separate a separate department. It's just first responders, our community responders, something like that. I think there are things we can do. But I also think you need to realize how exaggerated a lot of these problems are. They really, really are. You are seeing it more because of social media and it's driving people insane. And they're going to create one of two things, a lawless state where people are killed or a police state. When the violence and vandalism, and the riots get so extreme, then Trump calls in the, you know, the army invoking the Insurrection Act. We don't want any of these things. People need to calm down. You need to get off the Internet and go out and just talk to your neighbors for once. Otherwise, the police are being demoralized. They're going to quit. And here's the last little note here. City cops, uh, cities call on cops to work overtime to quell unrest despite defund rallying cry. It's not just about cops being demonized, demoralized. They're being forced to work overtime like crazy. It's just going to make everything worse. Everybody needs to chill. I hope the, the person who got shot at the Chaz is okay. I know they're, they're, they're uh, in critical condition. I hope they, they, they make it. And I hope the activists realize that, no, I'm sorry, all cops are not bad. There's maybe some cultural issues in local departments, but you're talking about big city cop culture, and you're talking specifically about the cops who do bad. So maybe, maybe there's some reform, maybe some new training programs, but we're in, we're in seriously, uh, we're, we're, in, we're in a tight spot right here. I think the activists are taking things too far. Police reform seems like a reasonable approach, and, and many police officers are demoralized just by the reform. I still think it's important. It is. And I think we want to make sure we, we, let those, we, we let our local officers know we may want reform, but trust, you know, trust us. We want reform because we want you to feel safer. We want people to feel, feel safer around you. And we want, we want this to work out properly. And if we do nothing, we've got negative press going crazy and people are losing their minds. So let's, let's figure out how we solve this problem, fix these perceptions and bring trust back to our police. Because as much as these people don't realize, the local police departments are civilians, they live in your neighborhoods. They're, they're, they're your neighbors. They go to the same meetings. They vote for the same politicians. I understand big cities may be different. So let's talk about it. But this is not the answer. Things are, are getting worse. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at youtube.com slash timcastnews at 6 p.m. And I will see you all then. We got a major breaking story. Apparently in the Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, there was a shooting. 
Now, we don't have the full details just yet. Police are investigating, but it's, it sounds like more than one person got shot. A lot of people are probably going to say, well, what do you expect would happen when you have armed individuals roaming around? We don't know why they were shot. Maybe it was one of these self-appointed police. Maybe it was just criminal elements who know there's no police available. But yes, we have the story breaking now. I'll have more details on it later. So maybe if you're hearing this on the podcast, uh, it's already, you know, I've already reported on the updates. But we also have news coming out of Atlanta of two other shootings. One where a protest group was approaching the Wendy's uh, where the where the, that got burned down, where Rayshard was killed. A gunfight breaks out. We don't exactly know why. And a woman got shot through the leg. There is video of this. It is nuts. I got to admit this this young protester, she took it like like a boss. In, in, you know, these these people have no idea what they're doing when the gunshots go off. They're very ignorant. But uh, she wasn't freaking out for the most part. That's, that's rather impressive, I got to say. But there's also another instant where apparently a car was trying to drive through the street. The protesters were there. And then one of the protesters actually fired on the car. They have been arrested. I believe I believe the pro- protesters have been arrested. But this in Atlanta is following now the third day of a blue flu. According to CNN, one precinct only had like three cops show up for their shift, shift yesterday. And now we're going into day three, which was uh, just the other day where the, the police are not showing up. So there's a there's a lot of reports going around about an increase in crime. It's it's hard to track these things for sure, because you really have to look at the, the, the long term stats to determine whether or not these protests are because of the police calling out or whether it's just because we had nationwide riots. I mean, look, when the riots were erupting across this uh, country and people were getting shot, the cops were on duty. So it's hard to know for sure if this increase in crime is due to just the protest, the sentiment, or if we're really going to see a very serious impact due to the police the police not showing up. Now, I can't say Seattle's Capitol Hill zone. I, I lived in Seattle maybe, man, 13 years ago. So I can't pretend like I know about what the crime stats are in Capitol Hill. But I can tell you, when I lived in Seattle, if someone told me that a shooting took place on Capitol Hill, I would have been like, whoa, whoa, that's crazy. It's like the hipster neighborhood, you know? It's where all the hippy dippy people live and they have their farmers markets and whatever. And, and their, their, their microbrew beers and stuff. I haven't been there in 13 years. So maybe things have changed. Maybe Seattle has become, I don't know, a cesspool of violence and gun crime. Somehow I really doubt that. Yet we are seeing this. Let's read the story and then we'll jump over to see what's going on with Seattle and this, uh, uh, and this shooting. The Daily Beast reports Seattle police investigate shooting inside Chaz. The Seattle Police Department confirmed that officers were investigating a shooting inside the self-declared autonomous zone known as Chaz in, in, in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle. Now, they are saying it's the Capitol Hill organized protest, I guess, because they didn't want to say they were autonomous lest they get booted out or something. I don't know. Multiple reports on social media suggest that more than one person had been shot in the police free zone. The area has been occupied since June 8th when police retreated from the precinct and George Floyd protesters secured an area of around six blocks, which has since been reduced by authorities. Now, I will point out something really, really weird. For the longest time, the leftist factions that were doing things like this were colloquially colloquially referred to as Antifa because many of them flew the flag. Now they're not so much flying the flag, though there are some affiliated groups like the John Brown Gun Club. It's strange to me that Marxists, communists, far leftists are just calling themselves Black Lives Matter it seems like a shield. I think it's fairly obvious. We've actually heard from high level, uh, high profile Black Lives Matter activists saying that these people are, are hijacking the movement. And it makes sense. 
when you have Trump calling out Antifa and saying they're bad, well, they stop flying the flag. They start flying, you know, the, the banner of Black Lives Matter. And then they can do their weird occupations of police departments and shutting down cities and then I guess eventually shooting each other. And they can claim it's not far left violence. It's just social justice. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. But let's jump over now. I've actually, I think we have. Uh, OK, so we have the Seattle Police Department saying they're investigating a shooting at 10th Avenue and East Pine. We'll update with additional information. So I'll, 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 we'll see what happens. But we have this story out of Atlanta as well. Woman shot during protest at Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks was killed. Police confirmed that a woman was shot in the leg at the location, though many other details may not emerge until Saturday. So this was just the other night. A spokesperson for the Atlanta Police Department said the victim was shot in the leg and is alert, conscious and breathing, though further details are still limited at this time. The shooting happened in the same area where Rayshard Brooks was shot and killed by an Atlanta police officer. Brooks allegedly pointed a taser. We know all this. An alleged witness video shared on Twitter appears to show the scene. In it, several shots are heard and people are seen running. A short time later, someone yells that a woman has been shot and hit by gunfire. The video shows a woman receiving treatment a short time later. A man can be heard off camera saying a bullet narrowly missed him and hit the victim instead. The person who recorded the video said a protest was ongoing at the time of the gunfire and suggests the victim was a protester. Police are not yet able to corroborate these details and believe they'll have further information on Saturday. First and foremost, you know, I can't play the video for you because YouTube would definitely take it down. I can't show you this post from Reddit. We can see these people. This is the area of the protest. And, uh, you know, that's just a glimpse of the video that's, that's been going viral. But I will say, first I watched the video and a gunfight breaks out and it is intense. I mean, it's a dozen plus gunshots. I don't know who or why. I don't think we have the details yet on why they're shooting at each other. But this young woman who's very clearly a protester, she probably looks like she's in her early 20s, all of a sudden lets out a shriek. And then she, then, then the guy filming is like, oh man, you got hit. She falls down. You can see that she was hit in the leg. And as, listen, I'm sorry, but as stupid as these people are, and they need to be called out for being stupid, this young woman, though very ignorant, took it like a champ. Okay. And, 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 I, and I do want to, she's, she's not screaming at the top of her lungs. She's on the ground. She's telling people what happened. She's clear. She's conscious. That's impressive, man. I've seen people do, do way worse without even getting shot, to be honest. But I'll tell you what, watching this video, and, and it's, it's on Reddit, it's all over Twitter. These people, I, I'm, I, they're just insane. They, they don't seem to understand what the world is really like. They think they can walk through these areas, especially with no cops around, and, they're, and everything's okay. And then when the gunshots ring out, what do they do? They stand upright in the middle of the street and they don't move. Mind boggling. So listen, while I can, I can give this young woman respect because she wasn't like, like shrieking and, and she, she took it very well and she's getting treatment and I hope she's okay. Listen, man, when the gunshots go off, you don't just stand there. You take cover, find it, find, find an, an, uh, an angle, find cover, hit the deck, find dead ground. Don't just stand there while multiple gunshots are going off or you could end up like her getting hit in the leg. I can't, I, I, you know, I can believe it. These young, naive people have no idea what the city is really like. Okay. There's a few viral videos going around that I do not want to show. Okay. I do not want to cover these videos. But they depict people screaming things like Black Lives Matter and beating the, the ever living crap out of random strangers and innocent people. And there's like 10 or more of these and they're going viral like crazy. And I wonder what's going on, why these videos are going viral. But I tell you what, 
I grew up in Chicago, okay? You want to talk about this? You want to talk about why I bring it up? Because Chicago is not a nice suburb like a lot of these dumb hipster kids grow up in thinking the world is all candy canes and rainbows. I'm sorry, man. Chicago is, is, is rough and there's a lot of gun violence, a whole lot of it. When I was growing up, there was a fight like, I don't know, a mile, not even a mile, a few blocks from the, from the local high school. And then when one guy started losing, he reached onto a car where he planted a gun and he pulled it out. And then people ran away screaming at the top of their lungs. That's Chicago, man. So I talk to a lot of these people. I know people in Chicago who, who want to talk all big about, about racism and bigotry and, and what the city should be doing and how they should treat these protests. And they would not set foot in my neighborhood. Oh, and I've asked them even recently, hey, how about we take a, I'll fly, I'll fly back down to Chicago. You can walk through my neighborhood with me. Let's out. Oh, no, no way, dude. I'm not doing that. Yeah. You get, you, you, you got people who, who will lie and say that all these bad things are happening and the police are evil and all the stuff, but they know that crime really is bad. And so when you have something like, like a lot of arrests, say in my neighborhood, they say it's because the police are targeting us. And my, my neighborhood was, was very, very mixed. I'm not saying it was one race. It was very mixed. And they'll say it's because the cops are bad and they're crooked. And I'll be like, okay, go for a walk, go for a walk. And then, and then go to an, make, make sure there's no cops around and they won't do it. On the other side, you get people like, like this, this young woman, they're going to march through an area where you've got no cops. The, the Atlanta cops are calling sick and then a shooting breaks out and they literally just stand there. And I'll tell you what, man, we got one. We got, an, we got another story here. Protester detained after shooting at driver during argument in Midtown. It goes the other way. Things are getting crazy out there, man. Now, listen, with these uh, with a lot of these videos, especially with the protester who got shot in Atlanta, I want to make sure there's, I make one thing clear. I, I don't know if this shooting has anything to do with protests with police. It's Atlanta. OK, I don't know what their gun crime is like, but I'd imagine that in big cities, in certain areas, you have this. Like if, if there was a protest in Chicago and someone got shot, I'd roll my eyes and be like, dude, it's Chicago. I don't think it's anything to do with the cops. So there's the bigger question. As we're now learning that we're going on to, I think, day three of the blue flu, I, I don't necessarily believe that these shootings, uh, well, the, the Capitol Hill one <laughs> clearly has something to do with no cops being around because it happened right by a police station. But with Atlanta, I have to wonder because it's Atlanta, you know, so maybe sometimes shootings happen. I do think it's fair to say that it would be much less likely if the police were actively showing up and were on duty and were not, you know, uh, essentially protesting. There's rumors circulating now. I, I covered this the other day. That on the 4th of July, the NYPD will stage a blue flu. We'll see. But three days now of, a, of, of large numbers of cops calling out in Atlanta. So let, let me do this. I want to make sure I, I give you the, the, the full story on the protester being detained because it's extremely important. But then we'll talk about the blue flu. AJC reports a suspect was detained Friday evening after a confrontation between a driver and protesters in Atlanta, authorities confirmed. Just before 8 p.m., officers responded to a gunshot call at the intersection of Ponce de Leon Avenue and Boulevard in Midtown. Atlanta police said a man had been shot inside his vehicle, but he was not injured. He was shot at inside his vehicle. Sorry. So we can clearly see police are still working. Personally, I have to question why. Could you imagine what, 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 what would happen to this cop if he rolls up because somebody got shot at and there's a protester and they have to defend themselves and then they get put on death row? I, I know that uh, Officer Rolf isn't on death row yet, but the DA is lying. Like, it's crazy. Apparently, so the DA is claiming that the, the, this officer kicked Brooks when he was down, but witnesses say it didn't happen. 
And body camera footage that we've seen so far shows him desperately trying to save his life. But the DA lies. People eat it up. You'd have to be insane. I'm sorry, man. You know what? I don't know. Maybe people are scared. Maybe, maybe they need the money that bad. You know what? I would rather be homeless, but at least I'd be free. And you want to go, you want to, you want you want to stay on the job when they're telling you, we're going to tell you to do something and then we're going to put, put you away for it. That, that to me is insane. So you know what, man, you call it hubris. You call it naivety, whatever you want to call it. If it were me, you got, you do whatever you want. You, you're, I do, you do whatever you want. If it were me, I'd quit on the spot. I would quit on the spot. Bye-bye. I'm out. Done. And other cops have already done this. We're seeing resignations across the country. But there was one viral video where a cop gets, gets all choked up and he says, I'm not going to do this. It's, I, put in, I put in my notice. I'm out. Maybe it's the, it's the right thing to do. Everybody wants it. You got, the, I mean, the conservatives are telling the cops to stand up for themselves, saying, call in a blue flu, let people see how they really need you. And the left is saying to fund the police. If it were me, I'd be gone. They say his vehicle was damaged by gunfire. Police did not say how many gunshots were fired during the incident. In cell phone video that appears to come from the scene, at least half a dozen gunshots can be heard. Man, <laughs> I'm not going to be going down to Atlanta, I'll tell you that. Investigators said the incident stemmed from a confrontation between the driver and protesters in the area. The driver attempted to leave the area when the shooting occurred. A suspect who was participating in the protest was detained without further incident, police said. Neither the suspect's name or, or charges have been released. Detain is not arrested. So it seems like they detained somebody, but didn't actually find who did this. Witnesses told Channel 2 Action News the driver was upset about a protester blocking the road. So he grabbed his AR-15 out of his car. An armed protester then allegedly shot at the man. This is this. Wow, dude. Wow. A protester got shot. A shooting at the Chaz. A man pulls out an AR-15 so someone shoots at him. Do you know what's going to We're going to see gun battles in the streets. I mean, this is it. These people are lucky. This man with the AR-15 didn't return fire. They're lucky. He could have been justified. He could have said they were sh- the crowd was shooting at me. Fortunately, this man wasn't hurt. But you know what? If the cops aren't going to do their job, if, if this is what the left wants. The police have been sitting back and watching as statues of our founding fathers are being destroyed. So I'll tell you what, man. I, I, I only see dark days ahead. No matter what happens, election or otherwise, insane desperation on all sides, zealotry, psychotic behavior, fake news, and an inability to learn from history. We are now watching as uh, businesses remain closed. So what do we got going on in the East Coast? Well, they've, they've opened up outdoor seating, but most businesses, at least by me, still closed. Can barely go out for a bite to eat unless with some, a lot of these places you need a reservation and hopefully you can find outdoor seating. So it's coming back to be fair. But a lot of people are still out of work. We still have around 35 million or more unemployed. Yet the left is allowed to go out in mass rallies. You want to go to church? You can't do it. But the left can go around tearing down statues while the police just watch. There's more and more videos of these statues being destroyed. And we're, and we're watching now gun battles. I tell you what, man, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it doesn't need to be a full scale bloodbath for it to be a civil war. But I'll tell you what, man, I feel like this is it. And maybe it just becomes this low grade thing. But we've got factions. We've got shootings now. A dude draws AR-15. He's not the first guy. He's not the first guy to do this. There was another uh, video where a guy in front of his house pulls out an AR. I, be- I-, I believe I'm not a rifle guy, so I don't know exactly what kind of rifle, rifle it was. And then uh, the protesters start screaming. And then apparently he got arrested for, for brandishing the weapon. Let's just keep reading. They say, 
Other social media posts claim the incident was a shootout, but police have not confirmed whether more than one weapon was fired. So maybe he did return fire. Uh, and that's about it. So uh, listen, this is in Atlanta. We've got East Coast. We got West Coast. Well, At- Atlanta is, is Southeast. But we've got the, the, those, those residents in South uh, Philly showing up with bats and weapons. I believe they were armed with guns, some of them at least. And they roughed up one of these far left uh, activist journalist guys from Unicorn Riot. Now, I can understand, you know, this guy, I wouldn't, I mean, at this point, there's no journalists. Let's be honest. There are no journalists, maybe one or two. The guys from Unicorn Riot should be allowed to commit acts of journalism. Now, put it that way. If you see a person out, it doesn't matter what they're wearing. If they're just going around filming and minding their own business, you let them do it. Antifa won't. I don't want to see local residents uh, do the same thing, but I'll tell you what. There's a big difference between a political ideological faction that travels the country causing trouble and a bunch of people saying, get out of my neighborhood. I can respect people saying, get out of my neighborhood, but you still can't stop someone from filming. There's a very, look, I got to sympathize with people who live there because you don't want cameras coming up in your area, but you can't do that. So listen, we got Philly, we got Atlanta, we got Portland, we got Seattle. This has not stopped. You know that, right? Like the media isn't covering the, the protests that much anymore, but they're still happening. They never stopped. They're still, uh, I, I think if only a few days ago, last week, maybe like a week ago, 60,000 or so people like marching in, uh, in Seattle, some ridiculously huge number. And then we see in uh, these other, other cities, Atlanta, for instance, a woman, she was protesting in DC, they're protesting. And what's happening? They are going around destroying public property. It, it has not stopped. Ta- statues are being torn down. They tore down Francis Scott Key. They got Jefferson. They got Washington. Now they got the guy who wrote the Star Spangled Banner. They're even going after Ulysses S. Grant. They are destroying everything. It has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. These are people hijacking the movement. And it, 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 it works. Brilliant. Let me read a little bit of the story and tell you about the police calling off. Because I'll tell you what, man, the left wants this. They want the police gone because when the police are gone, no one will stop them. But you know what? The cops aren't stopping them anyway. So why should I care about these local cops? I don't want to make sure I, I differentiate between these city cops who sit on their hands and do nothing as our, our, our history is destroyed. And I'm not talking about the Confederates. I'm talking about Francis Scott Key, Ulysses S. S. Grant, and I'm talking about the founding fathers. And mind you, Grant was the guy who defeated the Confederates. They're destroying all of that. And the cops do nothing. Now the cops are calling off. Yeah, you know what? Maybe it's time for them all to quit. A majority of Atlanta police officers scheduled to work in two of the city's six police zones did not report for work on Friday. Law enforcement sources tell CNN. This comes as the city is still reeling from the death of Rayshard Brooks. Rolf was terminated. We get it. Okay, so I guess they say this is the third straight day. Some officers have stayed out as a result of the low, of low, of the low staffing. The department is now putting officers normally assigned to major crime units on the street in uniform to answer 911 calls. Atlanta interim police chief Rodney Bryant told officers in an email obtained by CNN that he understands their anger and frustration. I'm not here to try to convince you that your anger and fear are not real. What I am here to tell you is that we, all of us who wear a badge, are in this together and we support you. No, they don't. And don't believe it for two seconds. They're putting this guy, they're, they're, he's facing the death penalty or life in prison. And people are lying. The DA is lying. They don't have your back. It's breaking down. If the DA keeps doing this, man, I, I don't know what you expect from these cops, but this is just too much. Things are getting crazy out there. The Chaz, a shooting. 
Well, surprise, surprise. And, and you know what, man, this, they're, the third, the, the, I believe it's the East Precinct in Seattle. I was going to say the third, the East Precinct. That's what they're occupying. Okay, they're surrounding it. And now a shooting has taken place right, right near where a police station was. Listen, police can't stop crimes for the most part. For the most part, they cannot. I have had cops save me from a mugging one time. It was fortuitous. Guy was trying to mug me. I didn't have any money anyway. I don't care, whatever. But the cops ran up and grabbed him and stopped him. It was kind of crazy. But for the most part, when you have a crime, the cops don't stop it. But the cops do provide a deterrent effect because they patrol. And very often they do stop some crime and they respond to 911 calls. If the cops aren't responding anymore, and if they say they won't go to places like the Chaz, and you, you're going to go to a protest where you know the cops aren't, aren't, aren't around, you are going to see things start breaking down. Maybe it all dries up. Maybe this is all about the election. I don't know, man. I see a lot of people posting tweets saying, oh, it's the election is, is, is this year, and they're desperate to make you go nuts and try and vote and react. Maybe. maybe uh, that's why I said this shooting in Atlanta hit a protester, but it is Atlanta, man. You know what I mean? Like maybe shootings happen. Maybe there's nothing to do with the protests. And what happened in Seattle on the chest? Yes, sometimes shootings happen. Maybe we don't want to overreact on these things, but the cops are calling out. Statues are being destroyed. Who, you know, how is that about an election? Are these, are these leftists going out to support Trump to, sh- to scare Americans by destroying the founding fathers, the statues of them, the statues of union generals who defeated the Confederates? Now, that's insane. But yeah, man, that's exactly what's happening. Stick around. The next segment will be coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. As most of us already knew, it was never about Black Lives Matter. Listen to what Dave Chappelle had to say about Black Lives Matter, and you will be confused based on the actions of those who claim to be out there protesting for Black Lives Matter. Was Dave Chappelle in his stand-up special talking about taxing the rich? No. Was he talking about tearing down statues of Ulysses S. Grant and Francis Scott Key, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington? No. He was talking about police accountability. And when you hear someone as high profile as him, you don't have to agree with him, but at least you can now tell that these fringe extremists do not care about Black Lives Matter. They're using it as a cover because they are far left revolutionaries. They really do view themselves as such. The latest breaking news, protesters tear down statues of Union General Ulysses S. Grant, national anthem lyricist Francis Scott Key. I believe Grant was also the 18th president of the United States who used, I I believe, I could be wrong about this. I'm not a historian. My understanding was that he used Union soldiers, federal uh, soldiers, to enforce civil rights law in the South. He defeated the Confederacy. Now they say, but he was a slave owner. Actually, he inherited a slave, my understanding, and freed him. Again, not a historian. So fact check me on those details. But regardless, they have torn down the statue of the man who actually defeated the Confederates. You want to talk about Thomas Jefferson? You want to talk about George Washington and give me that they were slave owner stuff? Hey, man, slavery was an atrocity, a horrifying thing. And it still exists today. There's no defense of what they did. But I can respect the good things that have come out of our founding fathers, their ideas, notably a country in which uh, we get Ulysses S. Grant, who leads union forces to end slavery. I understand the the Civil War was much more complicated than just to say slavery, but for the most part, it really was about slavery. I know a lot of people don't like to to argue that. There was a big issue uh, based on the state's rights versus the, 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 the federal government, the union. And it is much more complicated than just say two sides were like, you know, slavery or not. 
But for the most part, that was a principal component. And I don't want to get into historical debate. I just want to put it this way. When they go out and actually destroy the guy, let's say, whatever your position is, they go out and destroy the guy who actually defeated the Confederacy. Now you know they're lying. They want a culture revolution. That's why they're tearing down statues of everybody and why they're banning art and video games and movies. It is not about Black Lives Matter. It is about culture revolution and erasing our history. Let's read the story. The Hill says, protesters in San Francisco, I'm sorry, uh, violent extremists and rioters in San Francisco on Friday toppled the statue of former President Ulysses S. Grant, who led the Union Army during the Civil War in Golden Gate Park. San Francisco police said that around 400 people gathered around 8 p.m. to take the statue down, though no arrests were made, according to, uh, to NBC Bay Area. Also torn down in the park on Friday were the statues of St. Ju- uh, Junipero Serra and Francis Scott Key, who wrote the lyrics of the Star Spangled Banner. Now, I'm not super familiar with St. Junipero. I do know there's a funny meme going around uh, proving the Democrats are on the wrong side of history because the Democrats are actually at a ceremony where they're praising St. Uh, Junipero, which is kind of hilarious. Now, Francis Scott Key, my understanding was that he actually freed several slaves as well. So I, I can't tell you what these people actually care about other than destroying America. And it's funny, right? I brought this up before. I remember growing up hearing the jokes about conservatives, talk radio going, they hate America. Liberals hate America, blah, blah, blah. These people literally do. They literally hate America. They say Friday was Juneteenth, a national celebration commemorating the the last slaves being freed in Texas on June 19th, 1865, nearly two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was issued. While Grant is widely celebrated as being one of the leading forces that helped the Union win the Civil War, bringing the end of slavery in the U.S., some historians have pointed to his complicated relationship with slavery. They say Grant did, in fact, own a man named William Jones for about a year on the eve of the Civil War. Sean Kane, uh, interpretations and program specialist at the American Civil War Museum, said in an article, in 1859, Grant either bought or was given the 35-year-old Jones who was in Grant's service until he freed him before the start of the war. Kane also noted that Grant married into a slaveholding family that owned dozens of slaves. After Confederate forces fired on Fort Sumner, Grant wrote his father an abolitionist. My inclination is to whip the rebellion into submission, preserving all constitutional rights. If it cannot be whipped any other way than through a war against slavery, let it come to that legitimately. If it is necessary that slavery should fall, that the republic may continue its, uh, its existence, let slavery go. Many on Twitter pushed back against the toppling of Grant's statue in San Francisco for, for the obvious reasons, right? Not only was he a former U.S. president, he defeated the Confederates. So all these people who are saying the Confederates were traitors and things like that, sure, fine, whatever, explain Grant. I'll, I'll wait. Andy Serwer said, Grant did briefly own one slave he freed years before the war, but as a general, he smashed the Confederacy. And as president, he crushed the Klan. He presided over the ratification of the 15th Amendment. People going after Grant probably just want to break things. No, Adam, I'm sorry. You're you're right about some things. But these people hate this country. They want to destroy all of it. They're violent revolutionaries. I'm not saying they're the most dangerous people on the planet, but they're being allowed to get away with all of this. We have another tweet here from Matt Whitlock who said he was a, quote, slave owner and that he was gifted a slave, hated the idea and freed him within a year then won the Civil War, 
prosecuted the Klan and appointed African-Americans to prominent roles in government. This might have gotten out of hand. Oh, you think maybe when they got rid of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, Matthew Iglesias says, feels like this is the slippery slope overreach. Matthew Iglesias, for those that don't know, is one of the, I believe, a founder of Vox.com, V-O-X, the leftist progressive site that has radicalized people with these ideas that has on many occasions defended Antifa and played right into the hands of the progressives. So you know what? I know conservatives say this about me, but it is true that these liberal types, these progressive types coddled the revolutionaries until the point where they actually went nuts. Let me tell you a story. During Occupy Wall Street, there were a lot of people down there who really liked me. Yeah, believe it or not, huh? Occupiers, a lot of them, a small handful really hated me, physically attacked me on more than one occasion. But there were some Antifa types, some, some you know, far lefties who did like me and, you know, would, would, would look out for me to a certain degree. I remember there were some big events where I had been attacked before by these far leftists. And I would have some of the Occupy people ask me if I wanted the activists to protect me and give me security because they wanted me covering their protests. I was under the false impression that these people, while many of them probably disagreed with me, respected the, the, the fact that I was covering the protests at all. And that even if some of them did bad things, they wanted the coverage. Well, I was kind of wrong. Some of these people really did feel that way. But I had a conversation with one of these far left Antifa types who I've known for a really long time. And they basically said to me, what you don't understand is that we were always using you, that what you provided for us was a net positive. And today, what you provide for us is a net negative. They told me they've always believed in violence. They've never cared for civil rights or civil liberties, that they want to control and destroy. They want to destroy the system, take control of it because they want to be in charge. I am not exaggerating. I've talked to some of these people. They've explained in many different ways, many different times. They just want the power because they think they will be better rulers. They are power hungry lunatics. And they told me that always since Occupy, did they believe in using violence and suppressing rights and harming people? seriously harming the innocent. I was having a conversation about innocent people who got wrapped up in the violence and they said, make an omelet, break a few eggs, huh? And that's shocking to me. They don't care about individual liberties or rights. And that's the point I'm making here. Many progressives, and to a certain degree, myself included, coddled these people. Now, I don't think it's fair necessarily to wrap myself up in that because I filmed them vandalizing cop cars during Occupy. It's one of the reasons they physically attacked me. But a lot of these progressives entertained this and they call it respecting a diversity of tactics. And they were warned. We warned these bleeding heart liberal types, these, you know, they marched the streets, they didn't like the violence, but they would say, well, you know, we have to respect diversity of tactics. No, that's the lie they use to trick you into supporting their insanity. They would say to them, why, why don't, don't punch left? Don't criticize us. We're on your side. We just want to do things differently. Respect the diversity of tactics. And I tried to explain to these activists, you realize a diversity of tactics means no strategy at all. It means no tactics at all. If one person is pro-violence and you're pro-peace, then your whole group is pro-violence, period. By letting these lunatics run rampant, the whole thing becomes tainted. So I have to wonder, who are these people really working for? Trump? I mean, look, they're tearing down Grant. Do you think any sane American is going to be like, that's about ending racism? They're going to be like, uh, but Grant was the union general. He's the guy who ended it. Yeah, they're not going to believe it. So who is this really benefiting? It's not benefiting the left. It's not to, to, to destroy Washington and Jefferson is definitely not benefiting the left. 
It's about defending Trump. And it's freaking out people and making them want to vote for Trump. So if I was a conspiracy theorist, which I'm not, I'd have to imagine that Trump was paying these people. But no, the reality is these people are just really, really dumb. Now, there's the question of why won't Trump stop them? There, there are some conspiracies floating around among the left, actually, that they think Trump is letting them do it because they know this will help Trump get elected. That Trump could actually intervene. Now, Trump tweeted something to the effect of he, he, he made Minnesota send out the National Guard. Some people on the right say Trump can't actually do anything because he's, he's in charge of the federal government, not state governments. And that's true. There are things Trump could probably do, Insurrection Act maybe. But the argument from the left is to be careful because Trump will purposefully, purposefully stand back and say, oh no, the governors, the Democrat governors. That way people vote out the governors too. And then when it comes to November, Trump will make a bunch of bold promises. He'll promise up criminal justice reform. He'll promise up uh, law and order. And he'll, and, and he'll probably deliver it. And could he do it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people ask, why isn't that Trump and his administration, the Republicans, won't deal with social media censorship? Well, they could, but they want to, they want to guarantee re-election. That's, that, a lot, I, I don't want to pretend like that's you know, what most people believe, but certainly the ideas are floating around there that Republicans could do more and they're not because they want to wait until the, ver- until the 11th hour and then say, you need us. Vote for us because you need us so we can do these things. I wonder what will happen. You know, because here's the challenge. Will Joe Biden stop this? No, no, he won't. Where is Joe Biden right now? Why hasn't Joe Biden stood up for George Washington? You want to be the president of this country and you won't defend the first. Disgusting. You want to be the president of this country. You won't defend the third or the 18th then you don't deserve to be president as far as I'm concerned. This is a country. We have bad things in our history, but we respect the system that was built and we seek to improve it. And you give respect to those who helped build this because you are standing on the shoulders of giants. Joe Biden does not deserve to be president if he won't speak up against this. Now, to Trump's credit, he has talked a little bit about it. He talked about a Confederate statue recently. I'd like to hear him bring up, uh, maybe he has, Jefferson and Washington. But to his credit, He called this out back in 2017 and said, what's next? Jefferson, Washington? He was right. And boy, was the whataboutism from the left, the accusations of whataboutism thick. They said, look, no one wants to tear down Jefferson. We're talking about slave owners. We're talking about the Confederates. Well, how about Ulysses S. Grant, man? How about this? Matthew Iglesias saying, this is the slippery slope. Congratulations, good sir. Perhaps you contributed to this because you could have stood up a long time ago. But hey, I'll tell you what, my, if, if you're coming around right now, if we're seeing leftists say, hey, this is too much, don't tear this down, my respect, okay? Pencils have erasers. You could have stopped it sooner. You could, you, you could have, preve- you, you helped egg them on. But you know what? If you're going to come out and say it's bad, I'll agree with you and say thank you for calling it out. Because when you get Vox coming out now, perhaps we will see some unity. Perhaps the progressive websites, conservatives and moderates will all be like, whoa, 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 hey, 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 <laughs> no, too much. You cross the line. Unfortunately, I don't think it matters. They already crossed that line. That's why I think Trump's going to win. And, and, and I got to tell you, it's really funny. I, I could absolutely be wrong. I didn't. Here, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I'm probably wrong. In 2016, I thought Trump was going to lose. But you know what? Everyone did. And then uh, Trump won. I was wrong about that. Then in 2018, because of that, I was convinced the Republicans were going to sweep and take control, of the, maintain control of the House, maybe even expand their majority. Boy, was I wrong about that. 
And now I'm sitting here saying I think Trump's going to win, even though the polls have Trump down double digits. And I'm saying I think he's going to win. Yeah, I'm probably wrong about that, too. I'll be I'll be let's be real, man. I have not called these elections. I haven't. I've called the violence. I've called the escalation. But my predictions about why people would vote were totally off. So so I can just re, I can just come back and say, I don't know, because I'll tell you what, if I think now because of my broken, uh, my, my, my failed predictions in the past two elections, because they were wrong, I now think Trump is going to lose. He will probably win. So you know what? I'm, I don't I have no idea. But I can tell you this. There are a lot of people that that do believe this is Trump's fault. Absolutely. And they think we need a return to normalcy there. I can't remember the comedian's name, but he was saying something about uh, people want nostalgia. And Joe Biden is a memory of the Obama era where people were having a good time, whether it was good or bad. It doesn't matter. It's how people felt. So people are going to vote for him for that matter, for that reason. Under Donald Trump, it's been chaos, calamity, constant bad news, bad press. We have the coronavirus. We got the economic uh, crisis. And so people might not really care whether or not it's Trump's fault. All they know is, how do I feel? And you know, that's a powerful weapon. And if they feel like Trump's presidency hasn't been good, then they might vote for Biden or vote against Trump. So I'll tell you what, man, whoever has the last, the last word is, is going to win. You can have three years of prosperity, but then you give people one month of chaos and they'll be like, we need a change. They'll forget the years of, of good economy, good living because the one month of chaos. So the, the economy may rebound very, very quickly. I'm seeing a lot of reports suggesting that as, as companies start to reopen, unemployment is going to drop dramatically. And this is good for Trump because people, far, well, people will start to feel better again. But it's, well, we don't know for sure. And we still have now the, the, the left coming out and claiming second wave is coming and we have the statues being torn down. I guess there's, there's a lot of questions. The first question is, will people think that Trump is chaos? And because of it, they want Biden, who's normalcy. They want the establishment back. Maybe. Or will people say, Joe Biden can't protect us anymore. We need Trump to drop the hammer. It was Trump who said Insurrection Act. And it was the left who said no. So I have to imagine regular Americans are now looking at all this saying Trump was right. We need to stop this. Now, I don't know if the Insurrection Act is the right idea. I, I don't recall it being. I, I, I've, I think it was, it, it was used in LA riots. I don't know for sure. So I'm not able to recall what the political uh, sphere looked like last time it was, uh, it, was, it was invoked. But something needs to happen. I don't know what we could expect Trump necessarily to do. I don't know. I, I did tweet before that he should do something. And he has police reform. He's, he's, he's tweeted. I don't know if that's worth anything. But ultimately, in the end, we'll see what his rhetoric becomes as, as we move forward. This, to me, feels like an attempted revolution. Now, here's what's scary. Bill Barr apparently announced the resignation of a Southern District of New York prosecutor. We're seeing a bunch of conflicting reports about like why this prosecutor is relevant. But the left, so this prosecutor now came out and said, no, I'm not resigning. It's a very confusing story. Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? The reason I bring this up is not to, to get in depth into what that means, but to point out at the very highest level of government, we have a fracture between left and right. Then if you go all the way down to the street level, we have statues being torn up. The fabric of our nation is being torn apart. The Constitution is Swiss cheese. Police are enforcing unconstitutional edicts from governors who then violate their own orders and go out and protest. You can't run your business. They can go out and march. You can't go to church, but they can chant Black Lives Matter. You can't sing. They can chant. 
and now they're destroying statues. Check out this photo. Sohrab uh, Amari says, well, that's awkward. Biden and Pelosi were, quote, on the wrong side of history just five years ago. What with paying homage to St. Junipero Serra, the apostle of California, when the Holy Father visited the U.S.? Yep, because Pelosi is California and there's the statue. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know, th- they don't know what they're talking about, as evidenced by this tweet from Eris Rusinos. I'm hoping I'm, I hope I hope I pronounced your, your name right. I probably didn't. Uh, Eris is a journalist. Uh, I met working advice. I, I have a lot of respect for him. Conflict reporter. He tweeted this. Why Cervantes? Cervantes famously was a slave himself, captured by the Barbary pirates and enslaved in the galleys of Algiers for five years before being ransomed. And they just they, they vandalized and desecrated Cervantes, who was a slave. OK, so we can talk about Ulysses S. Grant. Well, let's 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 jump over to this one. Yeah, he was captured and enslaved for five years. I don't know the full details of the full history. I'm not, I'm not you know, uh, so I defer to, to Eris uh, on this one. Aris. And I have to question. Um, I, I did look it up. And my understanding is it's true. Yes. This man, Cervantes, was captured by the pirates and forced into slave labor. Why desecrate a slave himself? Curious, right? There's a memorial that was paid for by former slaves to Abraham Lincoln, and they're trying to tear that down as well. And I think that should say to you, when they're going after the slaves themselves, they don't care about Black Lives Matter. They care about destroying American culture and history. It's culture revolution. In order to create the new system, they must erase our memories of the past. Why? Those who forget their past are doomed to repeat it. So in order to, inv- to, to uh, actually attempt more atrocities, they have to make sure we don't remember why we, we, we did certain things. In California, the Democrats, under the guise of affirmative action, have voted to repeal their civil rights legislation. No, it's not an amendment to protect affirmative action. It's literally a a, a provision to straight up strike through and remove. The provision says the state shall not discriminate on the basis of race, sex, national origin, color, etc. That's all it does. It removes it, allowing the state to literally start segregating again. That to me is absolutely psychotic, but that's what they're doing. It's not about protecting, you know, minorities or ending racism. It is about being overtly racist. Some people have said, clearly they want to discriminate against white people. That's why they want to reverse that bill. No, you're wrong about that too. 100%. California seeks to revoke their civil rights legislation, and it is not about discriminating against white people. It is about discriminating against everyone and every race. That's why we put that law in place in in, in the first place. Now, the 1964 Civil Rights Act mirrors it very similarly. Theirs was an amendment that I believe was put forth in 1996. Because of that, they haven't been able to have affirmative action. I assure you, taking away this provision, California is not only on the left. There are conservative areas. There are, ver- there are a lot of racists in California, and you will empower them to, to discriminate against literally everyone, Asians particularly, and white people, but also Latinos and also black people and anybody else, Middle Eastern, Indian, they will be able to discriminate against everybody and they will. They will say, I'm sorry, I know you worked really hard, young, impoverished Native American, but we already have too many Native Americans, so we can't hire you. That's what you will start seeing. 
They are desecrating the slaves themselves and the people who freed the slaves. This is all a lie. We'll see how this is dealt with, but I'm not confident that it will be. These people are insane. Maybe Americans will stand up. Maybe not. Maybe it's too late. The younger generation seems to be going insane. The older generation is sitting in lawn chairs, going to Trump rally to wave their little flags. And what is Trump doing? As far as I can tell, a little bit here and there, but is he standing up and speaking out? Have the Republicans started actually condemning all of this? Haven't seen it. Stick around. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at TimCast.net. It is, a, it is my other YouTube channel. Go to TimCast.net, and I will see you all there at 4 p.m. They're actually trying to cancel Joe Rogan. I mean, they've tried to cancel him before, I guess, but they literally can't do it. He's Joe Rogan. It's the biggest podcast in the world. And he just signed an exclusive deal with Spotify. Maybe there's a provision in his contract. I don't know. Now, this article I have pulled up gets into the nitty gritty details of what they're trying to do. But the cancel attempt on Joe is actually a little bit more than just this one article. They're attacking him because he apparently said, (laughs) I can't repeat it. But he said masks are for the B word. A bunch of people went nuts and said he's endangering lives and all this stuff. A bunch of articles popped up saying Bill Burr smacks down, strikes back, calls out Joe Rogan. And and Joe is just like chilling with his buddy, having a cigar. It is the silliest thing. But in this clip, Joey Diaz, 10 years ago, made some pretty, uh, I think he's joking. But he claimed that if women wanted stage time, they had to service him in a manner of speaking. Joe then laughs about it and says, how many girls? And he says something like 25. It's so dumb. Taking out of context, uh, we're seeing a lot of people come to Joe's defense. Like, nah, it's not going to happen. You're not going to cancel Joe Rogan. But let's just be real, man. Even if, you know, this really was as bad as they say, considering they probably took it out of context. Nah, it's it's just not going to happen. I don't see there ever being a point at which Joe Rogan actually gets canceled. I mean, unless, unless he personally comes out right now and says something insane. I'm talking about specifically old things he said in the past. I really doubt it, man. There's a kind of legacy protection that he has and, and many other comedians have that people like like me, that we, we don't have this, right? So I've noticed that in cancel culture, it's very easy to get rid of an internet personality who doesn't have legacy standing. But Jimmy Kimmel, for instance, he, he goes on hiatus, right? Because that whole blackface scandal. But look at, look at the Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Sarah Silverman. They've, they've faced some kind of backlash, but they're fine. They get away with all this stuff. And there's a bunch of others too. I'll avoid naming them. But there's one particular super anti-Trump personality who's been in the industry for a really, really long time and won't shut up about Trump being awful. And it's, and it's a bummer because I used to be a big fan. And this individual does voice acting for some extremely offensive characters and has in the past said very, very offensive things. Yet these people seem to be immune to cancellation. So let me just break it down for you, huh? Some people have legacy power, never going to get canceled. It's not going to happen. Don't ask me how or why. Because sometimes some people do. I don't know. It's not going to be Joe. Let's read this. Let's, let's read the story and see what's up. Zero F's given. Angry Internet's attempt to cancel Joey Diaz for abusing female comedians slammed by fans. So specifically, Joey was the one who made the joke. But because Joe Rogan laughed about it. Oh, you know, they, they, they apparently announced there's an artist for Magic the Gathering, the card game, got canceled, banned, fired, basically, because she followed Mike Cernovich and Jack Posobiec, among other things. But that's basically it. These people are insane, you know. Bro Bible. 
reported that Joe Rogan and comedian Joey Diaz are under some intense heat as a clip of an old podcast took over the internet. The clip sees Diaz brag about coercing female comedians for services in exchange for stage time at a local comedy club. In the midst of the Me Too and Believe Women movement, many people disgusted by Diaz finding women abuse funny took to Twitter to cancel the comedian. There was an intense split in the opinion, though, as loyal and diehard fans of the comedian rushed to his defense, claiming that this was a decade old clip and that people can't change. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, man. When has that stopped other people from canceling other people? All right. For some reason, some people are off limits. Legacy power, I guess. I don't know. If this was a YouTuber, they'd be gone in two seconds. Two seconds. The clip was a short one with over 4,900 retweets and 8,000 likes. That's $200 million. Joe Rogan's favorite comedian, Joey Diaz, all he ever talks about is abusing women or assaulting let's, <laughs> homosexuals, it, uh, while tears of laughter stream down Rogan's face. No sign of a joke in sight. No, that was the joke. You see, some comedians like Sarah Silverman just say shockingly offensive things in an effort to rile people up. And that's the humor. You also may have seen like, I don't know, a roast at some point in your life where all they do is insult each other in very, very harsh ways, crossing the line on purpose. I saw this clip and I saw it's also raining like crazy, mind you. I saw this clip. I saw Joe Rogan laugh. And for all you know, here's what they do in these clips, right? Joey Diaz says, you know, I told these women, blah, blah, blah. For all you know, Joey Diaz says, so this guy comes to me and goes, I told these women, you got to do this, that, and this. You don't know what was said. Now, now Joe does say, how many women have you done this to? For all you know, Joey Diaz says, could you imagine if I had a history where I would say things like, if you want to, you see the point. It's very, very easy to strip out the qualifiers to make it seem like Joe's laughing at something he's not really laughing at. But more importantly, it may just be very simply that they made the joke and Joe laughed at it. Congratulations. Welcome to comedy. That was the joke. It was shocking and offensive. It was over the top. I don't care, though. Well, Hotep Jesus steps up and he says, we're not canceling Joe Rogan. I don't care what he did. Bravo. Good, sir. I agree. I don't care what he did either. He's not getting canceled. Now, uh, look, OK, I'll, I'll wrap it up here because I'll move on to a little bit more of the censorship talk. You're not going to cancel Joe Rogan, but I'll tell you what else. For some reason, Joe seems to be fairly safe from all of these old attacks. But somebody who's constantly under fire is Tucker Carlson. The, the idea I'm trying to get across here in, in this segment is something protects Joe. And I, I honestly don't know what it is. It could be that Tucker Carlson goes a little further than Joe does, to be honest. It could be that Tucker Carlson hasn't personally voiced, uh, voiced support for someone like Bernie Sanders. No idea. But activists have been trying to shut down Tucker Carlson nonstop. And he is the most popular primetime cable, t- cable TV host. They've been able to get his advertisers to pull out several times now, but he's still surviving. Let's see the story from the Daily uh, Let's read this from the Daily Mail. Tucker Carlson slams big tech companies for censorship and liberal bias after Twitter flagged his post mocking Seattle's Chaz as potentially sensitive content. They say in a, in a withering monologue on his Fox News program Friday night, the outspoken conservative raged, the left's goal is to make dissent invisible and therefore irrelevant. Meanwhile, these same tech companies make it very easy for 12-year-olds to watch <laughs> I'm not, adult content. They have no problem with that at all. But political views they disagree with? No. Gone from the wind, too scary, tells you everything about what they care about and who they are. 
The drama began last week when Carlson took to Twitter to share a segment from his program, which mocked Seattle's police-free Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. He basically said, new tourism ad for America's newest neighbor. And it said the following media includes potentially sensitive content. Now, that's not the worst censorship in the world, but it shows you how social media companies will block out certain ads or or certain videos that are offensive to the left. Now, I want to wrap this back together with Joe Rogan, okay? Joe recently came out and said the media is ignoring Joe Biden's cognitive decline. And he said it a lot. He said it now. And all of a sudden, these clips start popping and they, they, they try to cancel Joe Rogan for not just these, this one reason, trying to cancel him for saying, you know, don't wear masks or whatever, or insulting, you know, people who wear masks or over this Joey Diaz thing. And I've noticed something really interesting. I went on the Joe Rogan podcast two months ago now, and it was a pretty big episode. I think right now it's at like 6.3 million views. It was the biggest episode he did in the month of April. So thank you to everybody who, who watched and, uh, and checked it out. But I noticed right after this, there was an influx of sock puppeting. Whoa, really big lightning. That caught me by surprise. Uh, I noticed that on various social media posts, there was brigading. Sock puppet accounts were going after Joe and were going after me. And I thought it was really, really funny that all of a sudden, all of these weird progressives were outraged, were furious. And I think it's because they realized when you look at this podcast I did with Joe, the biggest a lot of the things we talked about, not good for the left. You know, I'm constantly criticizing them. Overwhelmingly thumbs up. This led to a, a boost in viewership for me, I guess. It led to uh, more subscribers. It was good for Joe. He got a lot of views, probably made some cash off that episode. And it showed a lot of people what was really going on in the world, at least from my perspective and from Joe's perspective. It was a great conversation. We talked about aliens too. Come on. It was fun. Well, I think what happens now is Joe is making this political talk more and it's, 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 he's a threat. He's a serious threat. So I don't think it's necessarily a coordinated effort. I'm not pr- trying to say there's a grand conspiracy or anything, but when Tucker Carlson gets flagged repeatedly, it's because these activists are censorious and they do these things. So after I do this episode with Joe, they come after his subreddit, they come after, you know, Twitter, they come after me and they start spamming it with photos and images, trying to make claims about who I really am. And I think it's because they're desperately trying to dissuade people from listening, to scare them, because they realize there is a reality and access to information. Well, the truth will set you free. Take a look at, you know, the people who have been canceled. I mentioned the Magic the Gathering artist uh, earlier, canceled for following Mike Cernovich. And the way I described it the other day on the, on, on the IRL podcast is you have people who play Magic the Gathering. You have people in these subcultures and you need to isolate them from information. The reason they would, they would fire someone for following another person is because that person is collecting information from the other side and then probably sharing those views. They need to cut the cord so the information can't flow to the cult. This is what Tucker Carlson does. It's what I do. It's what Joe Rogan does. Joe is, is pretty much the worst because he has an audience of many people who actually are much more left than I am. So that's why they'd probably go after him, especially as he, as he, as he rags on Biden as much as he does. Now, look, I think they tolerated Joe for a long time because he propped up Bernie, Tulsi, Andrew Yang. Now, Tulsi wasn't their favorite. But now that they're all out and it's Biden and Joe repeatedly repeatedly slams Biden, now they're going to try and cancel him. Tucker Carlson is just the obvious example. But uh, we'll see how this plays out, obviously. I've got more segments coming up in a few minutes, so stick around and I will see you all shortly. I got to admit, I'm kind of angry about this. My culture has been appropriated. It is unfair. It is unjust. And I am triggered 
because there are armed men on rooftops. I'm kidding, by the way. They are not Korean. How dare these men go atop these roofs? That's the joke. There's, a, there's been a, a bunch of stories breaking about armed men going up on rooftops to defend businesses and now statues. And one guy apparently got arrested. So I'll jokingly say it's the return of roof Korean culture, but it's being appropriated by these other men. It's a joke. Calm down. Here's the story. Armed man on roof overlooking Robert E. Lee statue, site of protests in Richmond taken into custody. NBC News reports an armed man who works as an airport police officer was on the roof of a building overlooking the Robert E. Lee monument in Richmond, Virginia, that has been the site of frequent protests. The man, Riley O'Shaughnessy, a 38-year-old white male who works as an officer with the Richmond International Airport Police Department, was taken into custody Saturday morning. Police responded to a 911 call at around 6.30 a.m. to investigate a report of a person spotted on the roof of an unoccupied building overlooking the Lee Monument. Upon arrival, witnesses told police they had seen the individual on the roof with a firearm, the statement said. Police told the public in a tweet around 8 a.m. to avoid the area. Officers are dealing with an armed individual in the 1800 block of Monument Avenue. For your safety, please stay away. Now, ha ha ha, I open it with a joke, okay? It's a, it's a funny joke, but let's be serious now. People aren't going to stand for the destruction of public property and monuments. And I'm not going to defend Robert E. Lee in any capacity. But what do you think is going to happen as this carries forward? There are some people who are just saying, stop destroying property. There are some people who say, stop destroying history. There are some who say they like the Confederacy. And these protesters have destroyed Ulysses S. Grant, Washington, Jefferson, Francis Scott Key. They've defaced Cervantes, a guy who was literally enslaved. There's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing other than destroying our culture. It's only a matter of time before people start doing crazy things. And I, I, I wish the police would stop this stuff. So good on the cops for stopping this guy. I don't know. We'll, we'll, let's read and see exactly what if his charges are, what's going on. It's, it just says he was taken into custody. Hopefully. Law enforcement can protect the monuments from vandals and rioters and prevent people from going up on rooftops with lethal intent, because if they don't, this is going to escalate and we don't want that to happen. They say as officers were preparing to enter the building, an individual was spotted just outside of the building. The person was armed with a handgun. Around 8.45 a.m., police took the armed individual found there into custody. So here's an image of the building. 1805 Monument Avenue is now secured. The armed individual found there is now in custody. No, no shots fired. The building will now be searched for any other threats. Please continue to avoid the Lee Monument until the all, uh, all clear is given. O'Shaughnessy was charged with trespassing a class one misdemeanor, which is a releasable summons. Now, that, sounds, that sounds about right. I mean, you trespass, you trespass, right? There is no weapons charge as it was being carried lawfully. The police statement said, adding that O'Shaughnessy was not carrying any law enforcement identification at the time of his arrest. The statue of the Confederate general from Virginia has been an epicenter of protests in the city uh, since the, you know, the George Floyd protests. We get it. On Friday night, hundreds of people gathered around the monument where singer Trey Songs hosted a candlelight vigil to celebrate Juneteenth. Hundreds stayed at the monument well after the peaceful event was over, and about 100 people were there Saturday morning. Now, this isn't the only story. I tell you what, there are a lot of them. Check out this one. Armed men on roofs during local protests sparks debate. This from about uh, 10 days ago, almost two weeks ago. Armed business owners in Arroyo Grande sparked a fiery debate this weekend. The owners say they were just trying to keep the peace during last week's protest in the five cities area. But many didn't see it that way. Dozens of people have taken to Facebook and Yelp 
to share their concern over the display on the roofs of the pit martial arts and fitness at Grand Barbers. Some writing messages like shame on you for attempted intimidation and you will forever be known as a right wing racist organization. Let me stop you right there. If you were going to go destroy public property, don't be surprised when people come out to defend public property, um, be, be it a, a public accommodation like a store, someone's private business or monuments. What we have here is a rock in a hard place. They're threatening these people on the rooftops who are legally protecting their businesses, as far as I can tell, uh, as far as the story says. And I think they're doing it because they know they can't destroy the property if, they're, if someone's there protecting it. There was a viral story, I tweeted about it, where some men in Philadelphia were on rooftops guarding businesses. And far left protesters posted, avoid this area, there's men with guns. Thus proving the purpose of what these guys were trying to do was, was correct, to stop people from destroying this area. And they didn't have to actually do anything. Just by being there, they deterred people from causing damage. The police aren't doing anything. Don't ask me why. A lot of these cops are just in these cities are just standing around watching this stuff happen. So locals are starting to take things into, into their own hands. And it's not going to end pretty. Check this one out. Armed employees keep watch from roof of store amid looting in suburban Cicero. This is from June 1st. Employees at, uh, at one store in Cicero opted to, to arm themselves and keep watch from the roof of the business amid hours of looting and destruction in the suburban community. Two people were killed during unrest in the community on Monday and at least 60 people were arrested. This guy's wearing a full face mask. Employees at the Dollar Buster store, which is located at 5119 West Cermak Road, said they promised to do, uh, promised to do anything they needed to protect their businesses. Now, this is Chicago. Obviously, it says Chicago. Both the Illinois State Police and Cook County Sheriff deputies were called to assist local law enforcement amid the unrest. Despite the violence, Cicero authorities decided not to issue a curfew. This is from the widespread riots. And this is a suburb of Chicago. It's, it's, it's very, very close to the city, city line, but it's called Cicero. These guys on the rooftops wearing masks, one man with a rifle. People aren't going to just stand around and let you do whatever you want. And there's more. Were armed men in, invited onto Elizabethtown roofs? And will they be back this weekend? It is unclear. June 13th, just one week ago. It hasn't stopped. It's going to keep happening. It's going to get worse in New Mexico. One of these far leftists got shot several times, and the last I heard was in critical condition. And they dropped the charges against the guy who shot him. I make jokes. We make jokes about roof Koreans. Somebody sent me this very hilarious patch about roof Koreans. Okay, I am Korean. That's the joke. All right. I think it's funny. I have a Korean family, second generation mixed race. Leave me alone, you, you creepy weirdo SJWs. I think the point is funny. And it comes from the L.A. riots where Korean businesses were left to defend themselves because the police weren't enforcing the laws. They couldn't stop the rioting. So they went on their rooftops with guns. Some of these dudes went nuts. As much as I joke about it, I don't like the idea. We should not need this to be happening. And we don't want things to escalate. But we went through a week or, or longer of massive nationwide protests. And the result of what's going to come next is, in my opinion, rather scary. This story is only from, look, I didn't do an extensive search on these stories. I Google searched armed men roof and all of these stories came up and there are many, many more. Here's what I'm worried about. This, the, the latest story from NBC about the armed guy on the rooftop, it's from today. These people are still going around tearing down statues. They're going to keep doing it. I don't know when they're going to stop. 
because no one is doing anything about it. And that's what scares me. What happens next? Residents like we saw in Philadelphia won't stand for it. But now you're going to get armed groups. We already saw somebody in New Mexico get shot. Escalation, if they keep doing this. That's, that's all I can see. Look, look, you know, I think it's, it's crazy. That this, is, this is the obvious prediction, but let's break this down. If you have people tearing down statues, someone's going to come out and say, stop. If a fight breaks out, someone's going to come up and say, stop, but they'll be armed next time. If you destroy statues and someone's arm tells you to stop, the next time is somebody gets into a fight, somebody gets shot, and that's happened already. People have seen someone get shot. They have seen a man who appears to be wielding knives. There was a shooting in Chaz. This is escalating. And the only way it de-escalates is if these far leftists stop vandalizing public property. They're not. They're still going so far. If the activists on the left show up again, then the, the, the right or the counter protests will escalate their tactics out of what we've seen so far. And it's possible the left will too. It is not the counter protesters, the right wingers or the rooftop armed men who are starting anything. They are reacting to what's happening, which means the responsibility is on the left to stop destroying property, but they won't. There's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing. So this is why I fear it is. It makes more sense that we will see escalation. And I hope it doesn't end up that way. I really do. You know, people are making jokes about me inflaming calls for civil war, or whatever. It's like, let, let, me, let me explain something to you. When a professor comes out and says it, I'm not making it up. When Bill Maher warns of it, I'm not making it up. When Dave Chappelle set, talks about the escalation of violence, I'm not making these things up. I'm not arbitrarily coming out and saying, ooh, look at all this. It's literally happening before me. And I'm actually coming out and saying, hey, man, stop the escalation. We don't want this. All right. But it's happening. So what more can I do or say other than it's funny to joke about, but you know where the next step of this is? Somebody's going to lose their life and somebody already did in Chaz and we don't know who the shooter was. If these people keep trying to destroy property and the cops don't enforce it, the next step is someone setting a hard example. And that is terrifying. But look where we're headed, man. Washington and Jefferson have been torn down. Ulysses S. Grant, the general who led the Union Army defeating the Confederates. This is our American history being destroyed. And I'll tell you what, when the police don't enforce this, you're going to get angry people who will defend this country and what it stands for. We shouldn't have to go that far. The police need to stop these people. If they won't, the left needs to stop. Okay, so the left needs to stop doing this. If they don't, the police need to stop them. But the cops are demoralized. And maybe that was the point. So what do you think comes next? Dude on a rooftop shows up with a gun? I don't know if he had a rifle. They said he had a, he had a sidearm. So I guess we'll just see. And I hope it doesn't get to that point. Stick around. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. The United Nations has come out in defense of Antifa. And for those that aren't familiar, Antifa is Schrodinger's extremist group because it's simultaneously a group and not depending on who you ask and when you ask it. When it comes to Trump calling out Antifa, saying they're a terrorist organization, then you'll see all the media say, but Antifa's not really a group. It's a loose set of ideologies. Then when someone claims that people were associated with Antifa involved in the rioting across the country, the media says there's no evidence any of these people are associated with Antifa. So which is it? Is it a group? Is it just, does it just mean anti-fascist? Well, the UN now is concerned that people are going to come after Antifa. And let me just give you a quick little history lesson. Antifa 
is short for anti-fascist action, and it was affiliated with the German Communist Party in pre-World War II Germany. It's a specific thing with a specific logo. They have specific symbols. They are, it, it, it is a loose-knit idea. Antifa typically refers to various groups that align with the ideology and, 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 and the iconography, as it were, and they work with each other. There is no one parent Antifa, but each individual group acts as a uh, each, each, There's individual groups in cities and they organize. They have financing, funding and training. Let's read what the UN said from the post millennial United Nations comes out in support of Antifa. The UN tweeted in support of anti on Friday, the anti-government radical leftist organization that has incited and perpetuated violence and widespread rioting follow the death of George Floyd at the hands of the Minneapolis Police Department. Now, I want to stress, they say organization. It's, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a fair thing because they didn't come out in favor of, you know, I'll put it this way. Antifa is a brand, okay? And they have franchises. So if they come out and, so if you came out and said you love Burger King, we get what you mean. There's Burger Kings everywhere. But guess what? A lot of Burger Kings, franchise ownership. Locals run them. So you could argue, well, Burger King itself is not actually a better example, I think, is Papa John. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, Jimmy John's. I'm pretty sure Jimmy John's are all franchise locations. Like there's no big main corporate chain. You could then say, well, Jimmy John's isn't a real organization. And you're like, yeah, I get it. But there is a parent organization. It's not necessarily the same, same, same thing because the, the parent company does license and stuff like that. But typically, the way it will work with the political movement is you've got your, you know, your local Antifa chapter, and you abide by certain ideologies for the most part, and you work with other groups. They say, the UN Geneva Twitter account tweets, UN human rights experts express profound concern over a recent statement by the US Attorney General describing Antifa and other anti-fascist activists as domestic terrorists saying it undermines the rights to freedom of expression and of peaceful assembly in the country. No, it doesn't, because no one's talking about Antifa in the context of peaceful assembly. We're talking about charging them with added penalties when they commit violent acts and break the law. So as I've explained it before, it's very simple. If you punch someone in the face, assault. If you punch someone in the face and your intent is to harm them based on a protected characteristic, hate crime. If you punch them in the face and your intent is to intimidate them into not voting for someone, terror, right? Now we can argue about hate crimes and terror laws and how, you know, we're criminalizing intent. I think that's fair, but that's the point. You can peacefully assemble. It's in the first amendment. But if you assemble, then start destroying things and breaking the law and your intent is to intimidate politically, well, then you're going to be charged. We'll see how these things play out. They say the UN refers to statements by US Attorney General Bill Barr regarding Antifa. Uh, quote, we have some investigations underway, very focused investigations on certain individuals that relate to Antifa. But in the initial phase of identifying people and arresting them, they were arrested for crimes that don't require us to identify a particular group or don't necessitate that. They say Antifa is notorious for causing mayhem, destruction, blah, blah, blah. We get it. I want to highlight now the ideological battle as it stands today. Another thing that's going around is this, this from the Anti-Defamation League. The Anti-Defamation League is an ideological leftist organization. And I'll tell you what, they have, a, they have a, a database of hate symbols. And it's very strange. One of the symbols is anti-Antifa. Let me make something very clear. If you oppose Antifa, you could be one of any number of infinite political factions. They like to say that if you're anti-Antifa, then you are fa. 
because the antis cancel each other out and you are pro-fascist. That's absolutely not true. Fascists are authoritarians. Antifa is also authoritarian and associated for the most part with radicalized communists. That's their history. Typically what they do is engage in violence. If you are a peaceful protester and you are a pacifist and you oppose Antifa, you could certainly say you're anti-Antifa and that doesn't make you a fascist because you're a pacifist libertarian. If you're a liberal, civil libertarian, if you're a left libertarian, if you're a legit anarcho-communist, you would oppose Antifa for the most part, for the most part. You see, the issue is that Antifa has been just the, the ideology employed by people who fly this banner is the use of violence. True anarchists, be it left or right, don't believe in using violence. And I know a lot of people don't get this. They say anar- they, they, they call Antifa anarchists wrong. They say that there's no such thing as an anarchist left or libertarian socialism, also wrong. Let me break it down for you. You see, the thing is, right-wing anarchism, you know, ANCAPs, anarcho-capitalists, that can function at grand scale, but it tends to get a little wacky. You know, because you end up with Bitcoin assassinations and massive oligar- you know, uh, oligarchies and things like that and, and, and monopolies. And, uh, you know, paying for, for things, you, you need a little bit of regulation there. I'm sorry. But it can function at a large scale. It'll just be wacky. Left uh, anarcho-communism doesn't work, period. Uh, I don't know. I, I take that back. It doesn't work at large scale. It works in small hippy-dippy tribes. You may have seen it. Ten hippies living on a farm. Hey, that works. 10 hippies living on a farm are going to look at these guys and be like, that's messed up. I met a dude in Berkeley who was wearing communist gear. And I was surprised. And I'm like, how do you, what do you think of Antifa? And he says, what, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, they're going around and they're attacking people. And he goes, that's wrong. They shouldn't be doing that. And I was like, really? But you got the communist stuff. I mean, like, you know, and he was like, he explained in his view, attacking somebody was exerting your authority over them. And that was a violation of what he believed in, that communism couldn't have violent systems like that. I thought it was hilarious because he's a rare breed, huh? The Anti-Defamation League says that if you are anti-Antifa, it is a hate symbol. And they go on to explain that, you know, white supremacists, blah, blah, blah. Of course, white supremacists don't like Antifa. But just because fascists oppose anti-fascists doesn't mean no one else can. That's ridiculous. They go on to show that there's other symbols. Yes, some of them are, are, you know, associated with, with, you know, white nationalist groups or fascist groups for sure. But simply saying you don't like Antifa is making you white supremacist, completely ridiculous. And I'll tell you what else is ridiculous. Man, this whole database from ADL is really, really strange, to say the least. They show a bunch of symbols that I think it's fair to say are, you know, offensive for sure. You got the 14 words, you got all this stuff, you got all these symbols. But I'll tell you what, man. They have some symbols, I don't know if I have it pulled up, where they're like, the number 12 is a hate symbol. The number 13 is a hate symbol. Saying 100% is a hate symbol. They have a bunch of numbers. 311, hate symbol. 3843, five words. They literally say that if you tell the police, I have nothing to say, you're a white supremacist. Look at this. The five words refers to a phrase that some white supremacists advocate should be the only words ever spoken to the police. I have nothing to say. What do you, what? So are you, you, you mean when I went to all those Black Lives Matter activists and said, don't talk to them, tell them you don't answer questions and speak to your lawyer. That's white supremacy. When the, when, when, when uh, the National Lawyers Guild, a progressive legal organization that observes protests, when they told us to say that to the police, that was white supremacy. You see how they do this? Double standards. Because then when you say it and they want to accuse you and say, aha, see, the ADL says that if you refuse to talk to the cops, you must be a white supremacist. 
Think of where this leads us. The reason you don't talk to cops is because we have a Fifth Amendment and because you could self-incriminate. And I, and, and I as, well, as well as many other activists, have been advised, advised that by progressive and minority activists for a long time. So why would the ADL claim it's a white supremacist thing? You, 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 want, you know what, man? If that's, why, that, that's why they say milk is, is white supremacy. That's why they say the OK sign in frogs and I don't know, jelly, like a whole bunch of, they're just, they're just going nuts. Because many of these people who troll the internet know they can associate any single symbol they want, any symbol. And the ADL will be like, you got it. Anything that we can use to get more donations, huh, ADL? 737 apparently is. Uh, 511. It's an Oregon-based prison group. 83. 88, I get these hand signs. ACAB stands for all cop are, I'll call say bad. And as a slogan for long uh, of long standing in the skinhead subculture, because non-racist skinheads may use this acronym as well as racist skinheads, it should be carefully judged in the context in which it appears. I tell you what, man, ACAB is a hate symbol. You know what? When the Boogaloo guys killed those cops recently, the media said it was right wing. And I'm like, these, these guys were, were posting in defense of George Floyd, were supporting the far left protests, and were posting about how they wanted to hurt cops. That doesn't sound like what the right does. You see right wing people waving blue lives matter flags. But you know what? That's the game they play. Everything is wrong. And the context is what matters. So if you're someone they don't like and you believe in freedom, they'll apply the appropriate context to you. Well, look, the UN is coming out in support of Antifa. Surprise, surprise, violent communists for the most part. Now, it's true that Antifa is not that prominent. And a lot of these activists aren't flying the Antifa banner anymore, probably because they're being targeted and they know better. Now they're flying the Black Lives Matter banner. Black Lives Matter, you, you, you got to weed out these lunatics, man, because they have nothing to do with fighting for justice. They don't. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all next time.